Hey, Suns fans, what is going on? Welcome once again to the Suns Jam Session podcast. Now, I get it. It's a, it's a Sunday night. And if you're here watching us live, thank you. Uh, it means that you haven't completely neglected your family and decided to just say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to run down to the bathroom real quick. Uh, I'll be back in an hour. And that's what you're doing is you're spending the next hour with Matthew and I. So thank you for neglecting. Uh, welcome, Matthew. How you doing tonight? Hey, good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how a lot of people do leave their families. We'll be right back and they never come back. So hopefully, you know, hopefully we're not an excuse for that. But thanks for joining, everybody. Yeah, maybe it's just like an hour that they're gone, uh, you know, in this case. So, you know, again, if that's what okay. you're doing, we appreciate it. And if you're if you're watching live, you know, thank you. If you're listening, we truly appreciate that as well as we rebuild our streaming base uh we appreciate you doing so so if you are listening this press that subscribe button let people know hey this is where i'm going this is what i'm i'm listening to this is the best place to get the sun's content even in the off season because that's what we are in matthew we are in the dog days of summer my friend yeah definitely uh at least a lot of us you know football's coming up but for the podcast itself to be excited for two months until the season start, it's going to be a struggle. But we'll get you there. We're going to do our best. We always do. You know, we, <laughs> one we, viewer right now. <laughs> one viewer is is joining us, and and we thank you for, for. It's tough this time of year, but you know what? There's still always plenty going on, and that's one of the reasons why we like to do a podcast year round. I mean, yeah, we're the guys who go live after every Suns game, but we also like to talk Suns in the off season and just. You know, talk to each other. This is how you and I connect. You know, we used to live together. Now we don't. So we have a podcast. So everybody gets to listen and watch as we interact and just say, hey, how you doing, man? So, Matthew, how you doing? How's your Sunday going? Oh, it's going good. Actually, today hit the gym early, but I think at my age now, <laughs> there's a, something that happens. There's something that happens every time I get going in the gym and I'm producing a little bit of, uh, you know, going to the next tier and, and weights, uh, something always pulls, something always Ooh. hurts. So I need to get a trainer or something. Cause today I was pretty much on the couch watching Dave finishing se- season two and mm-hmm. I was injured. You know, I just got to walk it off, but it's like, it throws everything off, dude. So I got to <laughs> figure that out. Yeah, you do. I mean, I, I can't, hey, a lot of information. Well, 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 here's the other side is like, I don't even know the last time I actually went to the gym. Just stay like, away. Stay, yeah, I just stay I, away. I, I'm not a gym going kind of dude. I typically, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a run around the neighborhood, uh, do jumping jack. Like I'm an old school army guy. Like it's like push up, sit ups, and like a two mile run. That's what a PT <laughs> test is in the army. Like that's how I work out. Like I still stretch like it's 2003, and I, you know, I'm like the overhead arm pull and all this stuff. So yeah. army people get it. Uh, but uh, you know, yeah, it's uh, good for you for getting up early and going doing that. You know, I got to say, you know, I'm, I'm currently in between jobs as I get ready to start the next endeavor in my career here in a couple of weeks. So I'm definitely just kind of going with the flow, relaxing. And I got to say, though, one thing that has me not relaxing is the fact that it's Sunday and Thursday is when pa- trash pickup is. And I already have a full trash can out back like that's that's oh. living on the edge, dude. It's living on the did edge. You need, did you need your uh, Robin to your Batman taking that trash? Finding yes. A dumpster? <laughs> yes. That's what we do, that. right? <laughs> How many times have we done that? <laughs> Too many. Matthew, what are you doing? Hey, can you come over? Why? Uh, I my trash can's full. I got to go find a local dumpster. Crap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's a misdemeanor of some sort. So let's uh 
let's move off this topic so uh yeah if you're listening thank you if you're, if you're watching thank you again subscribe if you're on, if you're watching on youtube make sure you smash that like button while you're here you can become an elite jamster by clicking the join button or following the link in the description and if you are listening to the pod again subscribe rate and review wherever you're listening if you're listening on apple Podcasts, you give us a five-star review we'll read it right here on the pod uh one thing we're going to be talking about the primary thing we'll be discussing on this podcast is the sun's summer or the schedule. It has officially been released. It was released on noon on Friday. And as two guys who come to you live after every Suns game, it means a lot to us. You know, I'll find out from Matthew exactly how much it means to him here momentarily. But this is kind of mapping out the next, you know, season of our lives as we go live after every game. So we've got to go through all of the different games, the the uh, matchups, the back-to-backs, the home and road games, all the fun stuff is upcoming. So uh, without further ado, we're going to pop open a beer because I know Matthew is definitely drinking a beer after going to the gym today and perspiring and then pulling something. Yeah, no, just water, man. Got to get water back that, in Look muscle. at that, though. Look at that cup game, though. Yeah. We're, we have the same cup. I still don't know where my camera is. <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> after doing pods for like two years, Matthew's still just like <laughs> going the wrong way. <laughs> where's, the, where's the camera? Well, I'm going to be having a Phoenix Beer Company gold beer tonight. So let's pop them open. If pop them, if you got them, Suns fans. Unless you're listening to the pod and you're driving to work tomorrow, then don't do that because your boss will get very, very frustrated with you. But on that note, let's start the pod and talk about the Phoenix Suns and their schedule for the 2021-22 season. Cheers. I gotta say, Matthew, this Phoenix Beer Company Arizona Gold Beer is actually really delicious. That was a that was a good swig there that I just took. Just got back from yeah. fries, did a little grocery shopping, picked out. I'm like, what beer am I gonna be popping on the podcast tonight? And I chose that one, and I'm, I'm happy oh, I did. Your one treat, huh? From yes, the, the, from the store is a, is a six pack of beer. <laughs> no, my wife took a picture of all the treats that I picked up from the store. I'm sure she'll be sending it around. She's like, I shop oh. with a five year old. She's, she's getting, you know, like. <laughs> green onions and potatoes and like she's like I'm, i'll make stew yeah. for you this week fantastic i love stew and she's like let me get some rhubarb and all this like nice healthy stuff and i'm like lunchables beer a DiGiorno pizza uh some red bulls and gatorade because i'm going golfing in the morning like i am a child nice. dude you're oh where are you going golfing tomorrow uh stone creek 612 okay i so, was asking so like i know where these places are so jamsters <laughs> uh try not to line the fairways as i'm out there um, yeah. Everyone's gonna show up for that. No, what's really cool about going to Stone Creek though is that's the one where you can get on the bikes. We got the okay. We, yeah, you got yeah, like, it's like you a motorcycle those, and you got the dude. golf bag on the back. So yeah, me and some okay. guys are gonna go out there and very cool, man. I can hit. I'll be out in the rough, just burr, 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 hitting all the berms and such, the arroyos yeah. and whatnot. Enjoy I will. You know I will. But before I get to that beautiful tea time at six twelve in the morning to beat the heat, Matthew. I got to ask. So the one thing I've got to ask you, Matthew, is, you know, as the schedule has been released, do you actually look forward to the schedule being released? (laughs) When I was younger, yes, definitely. When I was younger and not as much of a loser. Oh, no, I was more of a loser where I didn't have really any plans ever. I would always look forward to schedule releases for all my teams. 
I'd be super excited to see, okay, so the, my weekends are covered Friday, Saturday. Now I have an excuse to say like, oh, I had to stay in and watch the Suns. So yeah, I used to a lot. Now I honestly, John, for this podcast, we will dive deep into what's going on with the Suns next year, but I just don't get that excited. I apologize. No, it's okay. Like I'm the same way. I'm more of a football schedule release guy. Like, you know, as a Notre Dame fan, as an Arizona Cardinal fan, whenever they release both of those schedules, I'm highly interested because there's just less games. You know, with with yeah. Notre Dame, it's always interesting to see who they're going to play because they are an independent school. So you know that they have an affiliation with the ACC, but who are their non-conference games going to be? Like this year, they start with Florida State. Interesting to me. And when the Cardinals come out, again, it's a 17-game schedule this season, but you just want to see, like, what are the home games? What are the away games? Is this going to fit into my life somehow? Because it is few and far between. So I can empathize with you there because I do I do get excited when the sun schedule comes out because you know I graphically designed it up. I mean, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, at Darth Voida, you'll know that I am somebody who puts together a full-on schedule, uh, you know, PNG, GIF, yeah. JPEG, whatever thing. And I, it, you know, it takes me a few hours to actually do that, to put it together, but I get excited for it because while I'm doing that, I'm actually dissecting kind of what the the year is going to look like. You know, as you're sitting there and you're creating this, you're like, ooh, February 14th. Oh, no game. There's no no Valentine's Day game like there was this past year. So it's like, sweet, I get to do something on Valentine's Day <laughs> yeah. with my yeah. wife and not be like, hey, listen, you know, the sons are playing. So, I mean, you know. so although I don't nearly get as excited for it as I do for football schedules, of course, I still get excited because especially given the the nature of our podcast and how we go live after every game, it's very fun to sit back and just kind of see when they're playing, how it's constructed and, you know, kind of weave in, how's my life going to revolve around this for the next year? You know, like for example, there is no game on January 18th this year. So I know that if we're celebrating your birthday, we're either going to do it uh, the night before on January 17th to see the Spurs, or we're going to do it a couple days later and watch the Suns play the Mavericks at 8 PM against uh, or on January 20th on TNT. So like, as I go through and I look at the schedule, that's what gets me excited. Yeah, and honestly, uh, those are my birthday options. That's all I have to choose from are those two games, and that's it. So all of you guys are invited. <laughs> Everybody, we're going to probably <laughs> Half Moon again. That's what we do. Yeah. Uh, and, and this year, you know, for example, like my birthday is October 17th, and we've had years in the past where the Suns started the season on my birthday, which was awesome. And they started a little bit later this year. So. Uh, you know, we'll get into the schedule here in a bit, but I do know that you wrote a piece for Bright Side of the Sun called How the 82-Game Season Will Help the Suns. Let's delve into that thought process. Tell me what you were thinking when you wrote that, and kind of uh, let's let's break it down and tell you why you were wrong. Yeah, so the only way to... <laughs> well, I was wrong. I'm just kidding. Um, so what I was thinking is really this next year coming up, you know, to repeat what they did last year is going to be even more hard, right, for the Suns, because mm-hmm. now everyone's out to get them. Before, maybe because of the bubble, I remember Espo came on our last podcast last year. We talked about the schedule as much as we could, and we talked about that. The, the way they finished the bubble, they ate no run. It's like maybe they have a little bit of a target on their back, but now it is a humongous target on their back. Everyone has it. So every team that comes out here and plays the Suns or else we go there, it's it's going to be a battle, man. It's going to be twice as hard, even harder than that, because these guys want to prove themselves, whether or not they're one of the lesser teams down in maybe even trying to fight for uh, a 10th seed, ninth seed like that. It's going to be difficult because they want to prove them to the Suns that, the, hey, they can hang with the 
championship contending team. And now, I mean, a lot of this too, going into next year, it's going to be motivation for the Suns too, because now they're looked upon as that team. It's like, okay, we got these guys looking up to us. A lot of guys look up to Booker now coming to the league. So you want to show them up, show them, Hey, welcome to the league. These young teams that'll keep them motivated. The Suns will. And I honestly think too, when you're playing the tough teams, you know, you went through them in the, in the playoffs, you swept the nuggets, a little bit of disrespect still for the Suns with that sweep. So you want to prove to that team like, hey, we can still handle you. You know, whether or not you had Jamal Murray back later in the year, who knows? But then when you're, all, when you're also playing with the Lakers and the Clippers at full strength, you want to beat them. You want to show that you can still contend with them. And going back to the 82-game season, it's going to be a lot of games. So the Suns have to manage who they want to show up against. But it seems like it's going to be almost every night when you're looking at the list of teams. It's like, yeah, there's a reason for these teams to get up against the Suns. So now they have to exert that energy. But I think the Suns like that. I think that Monty, Chris Paul, they want to show up every night to every game. And they're not going to take a night off. So they want to come out and, of course, get a top one or two seed. No, I think you're absolutely right. And we saw a little of this last season, if you recall, how – the Suns came out and after going eight and eight, really put a, a really nice run together. And in doing so, by the back third of the season, there were some teams out there who had circled their matchup with the Phoenix Suns on their schedule and therefore really brought it. And that's not to say that when a team, you know, like the Minnesota Timberwolves, for example, or the Washington Wizards, if they're playing the Suns on a Tuesday night, they're just like, oh, no, we're not going to come out and hustle. Like everybody's always going to hustle. Everybody, you know, these are professional athletes. And although some of the superstars might necessarily put in the appropriate effort throughout the entire season, a la, you know, Kevin Durant, he's somebody who said in the past that after continually going to the playoffs and, and making runs at championships, you know, the regular season just wasn't necessarily something that excited him. But the rest of the roster is when you have a guy who is the seventh, eighth, ninth guy on the bench coming out there, he's going to give it his all. So, I'm not taking anything away from, you know, the Wizards or or the Minnesota Timberwolves when they play the Suns and saying that they wouldn't give their effort normally. But when you have a team like the Suns that is going to have as much national exposure as they're going to have, they're going to have plenty of primetime games. This is a team that now has a target on their back. You are going to see people, you know, prepare more mentally for it. This, I think, comes more down to the coaching. When you have, you know, the 72-game season that we saw last year, yeah, muted, but still a lot of games and a lot of nights. I mean, we saw a ton of back-to-backs. I think last year we ended up with uh, 19 back-to-backs. I think that that's what the final number was. You know, you look at this season and the Suns are going to uh, end with a total of how many back-to-backs is it? Oh, I have it written down somewhere and I, I lost it. Gosh, darn, 14. We have 14 this year. So you almost have, you know, you have a little bit less back-to-backs this season than you did the last season. But from a coaching standpoint, yeah, the Suns are now the Western Conference champions. They're a team that if you beat this team, you're definitely going to feel good as a fan base, feel good as a team. If you are Minnesota, New Orleans, Houston, some of those cellar dwellers in the Western Conference, these are teams that have to, or these are teams that the Suns have to prepare constantly and consistently for. And that's why I think the Phoenix Suns depth and the way that they built this roster is going to be key going into the next season. Yeah. And all 
when when you have the back to backs too, I think what they're trying to do is get rid of like the back to backs, the four games of five nights. So yes. I think that'll help. But it, it's crazy for the NBA to come back to the eighty two game season, but they need it, of course, for money. But does it seem to you like when I look at the eighty two games now, I feel like kind of overwhelmed. I know it's only ten more games, but before I was like, I was like, why not just play the eighty two game season? Who cares? But now going back into it, do you feel like a little bit overwhelmed at all as a fan, especially when you have a team with Chris Paul who's a little bit older and, you know, a bunch of young guys, but they're still going to learn a lot, of course, this year and improve. But it would be nice if they can play a full season without any injuries. But does it, like, make you feel weird? Does it make you scared at all? I wouldn't say scared, I think, I, but it's, it's a lot of games. And yeah. I think, you know, we are now conditioned – seen as we have not seen a full 82 game season since 2018-19 you know the last two seasons due to covid have been shorter and although there it's been condensed in spots i you know you you're somebody who's been very anti the 82 game season for a while though right yeah i have well no actually before Bill Simmons kind of talked me into it <laughs> a little bit, you know, you listen to him because he's always wanted to switch it up. And I feel like they're kind of going into like his ideas and kind of, you know, with the playing tournament a little bit, like I feel like they kind of listened to him and that, and, you know, shorting it up to like 70 games. I think he talks about that a lot too. So he kind of swayed me over before I was like, just play 82. I mean, it's the way it's always been, but now I can see, I feel like a more condensed season is better if you can spread them out too. But I feel like maybe that's the next step for the NBA. It's a little bit too soon right now. Well, it's funny that, you know, so you going back to your question, you know, am I scared of the 82 game season? Hmm. Obviously not scared, but now that I'm conditioned after these last two seasons, I'm anti the 82 game season because of the playing game, because of the hmm. length of the playoffs. I think that 70 games is an appropriate amount. 70 to 72 is an appropriate yeah. amount to just have a good understanding of, you know, who the good teams are. And throwing the play-in in there allows an opportunity for some of the teams that are on the fringe to still have a chance to get in there. So it still is exciting. So, you know, it is tough. The nice thing about basketball is it doesn't carry the tradition that, like, baseball does with it. You know, if you change anything in baseball, it's like, how dare you spit on Mickey Mantle's grave, you know? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. basketball, we're, it's always changing and it's fluid. And that's what makes it, you know, my favorite sport to consume and to watch and to follow is for just, just for that reason. Outside of football, I love football. Uh, but but football is the same way. They're like, we're throwing 17 games now. You know, which is great because I'm a fantasy football player. And I like, keep oh, forgetting about that, too, until <laughs> yeah. someone talks about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, 17 games of three season or three preseason games, too. So, yeah, that, that was reminds cool. me in our fantasy league. I got to make sure I add an, an extra week. I don't know if I've done that yet yeah. because there's an extra week. <laughs> that's you know? going to happen. That's going to that's going to happen to a lot of managers out there, man. Yeah. So good luck. <laughs> but that's <laughs> thank you. But that's, you know, again, so as you look at the 82 game schedule, yeah, it does feel overwhelming. You know, as I. As I look at the schedule in its totality, you know, I'm bringing up the graphic on the screen for those of you who are uh, watching. If you're listening, you can't see it, obviously. Um, but it's it's a lot of games, you know, that just putting this thing together, it's it, it's massive. It's it's a lot of games. Now, that being said, you know, it is tradition. It is, you know, uh, although I just kind of knocked the tradition a little bit, you know, it is yeah. what it is at this point. So, you know, knowing that it is what it is. I guess it's time to really just start to kind of take a look at some of the things. And, you know, the, the setup is the same as it was before. You know, there's a home and home with the Eastern uh, with all Eastern Conference opponents. So that accounts for 30 games of the season because there's 15 guys, 15 teams over there in the Eastern Conference. You play them twice, one at home, one away. You have four games against our Pacific Division foes, and that accounts for 16 games. And then there's three games against all other Western Conference teams, and that accounts for 30 games. Now, 
if you add that up, 30, 30, 16, that's 76 games. So what the NBA has to do is they leave six games remaining to fill, which is used uh, versus a combination of the remaining 10 Western Conference teams outside of the Pacific Division. You know, even that right there, like if the NBA just want to get rid of six games and make it 76 and just go, okay, it's 30 versus uh, everybody in the East, it's 30 versus everyone in the West who is not in the your division, and 16 versus your Pacific Division Pacific Division uh, rivals. Wouldn't that even make more sense? It, it would. And honestly, just to chop it down, I think, honestly, everything you're saying right now is what they're saying to each other, I feel like, behind the closed doors. But I think coming off of what they just had to go through with COVID and everyone had to go through and but shutting down the season and losing all that money, they have to make it up. They can't make these adjustments, I feel like, yes. So I feel like if they can get through this full season, have the play-in, then the playoffs, and yes, it is so it's so drastically long. I honestly think that they go into the next season, the 2022-2023 season, and they'll have a shorter season. I think that and they might have a mid midseason tournament or something weird, but they will chop this a little bit. I mean, it has to be at least 72 games again because it just felt right. And it was more compact, but it just it just felt right as a fan. I feel like the players didn't really gripe about it unless the play-in, they, they did gripe about that. But the actual schedule, not too much with this the 72 games. Well, it was only more compact because they didn't start in October. You know, had they yeah. started in October, it would have really been spread out. It would have been really nice for the players. But again, I think that we both agree that the best way to do it for the NBA is start on Christmas Day. And then you're ending just like they did this past uh, NBA season in July when you own the airwaves. And I get the whole, well, you know, the majority of people are out on summer break, so they're not consuming the content. Bullshit. Get out of here with that. You know, if you're on summer break and you yeah. care in the, and the Phoenix Suns are in the playoffs, guess what? While you're out in San Diego vacationing from Arizona, you're going to find a local bar and you're going to go watch the game. I mean, that's just what you do. Yeah, and I, when you were saying that, I was just thinking, these players, I feel like now they have the opportunity to do so much more, you know, marketing-wise of their own brand. And these 82-game these schedules, I feel like, do you think it hits it too much to where they just have so much to focus on for the games they would like more days off in between to really focus on other things they want to do. Does that make sense? I feel like a lot of yeah, these players probably when they're just at the superstardom now, they kind of think like, oh, come on, like I got a game here and there, but I want to do these shoots and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I don't but know if that's, that's a thing that, or not. That, that's the top like 5% of the NBA though. That's not okay. like, you know, Juan I'm Herman Gomez or whatever. You know? No, I get it. You know, <laughs> yeah. but again, they're, they're paid. The only reason that they're having those photo shoots and having those, uh, advertisements and things of that nature because they play the game. So you can't do it unless you're playing the game and playing the game well. So, mm -hmm. you know, again, I think that they need to focus on playing the games. But that being said, you know, 82 games, uh, there's so essentially there's six remaining games to fill. And that six for Phoenix this season, the team, the teams that they're going to play four times rather than three times in the Western Conference are Utah, Portland, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, New Orleans, and Houston. And I think that that's a plus for Phoenix. You know, obviously Utah yeah. was the number one overall seed last season. It's going to be a great, you know, we get an extra game against Utah. Portland, we'll see how they kind of are constructed. I think that both of us weren't necessarily impressed with what they've done with the offseason thus far. But knowing that you have to play an extra game against San Antonio, Oklahoma City, New Orleans, and Houston, like that's good for the Suns. It is, yeah. It's 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 surprising when you're saying that because it's those are the lesser teams that you want to face. But then it's also scary because what if they turn things around, <laughs> especially like the Spurs? But you know the Rockets are not going to be good. The Pelicans, they they have a long way to go until next off season. So those are two matchups that you want to play over and over again every night. Exactly. Anytime you can, that's going to be fantastic. So a uh, couple of things of note as we take a look at this schedule. 
see if I can zoom in there. Is that, if that's working on the deal. Okay, it is cool. So the first, uh, the, the longest homestand actually of the season, it is from October 27th to November 6th. It's games four through eight for the Suns. So, you know, they're, they're going to start the season uh, against Denver, 7 p.m. ESPN on October 20th. Obviously, that's going to be kind of a, hey, we swept you. You were the MVP. Uh, sorry that we disrespected you kind of thing. Not sorry. Sorry. Not sorry. But and then we, you know, the next night or next game, actually, we play the Lakers on ESPN on the road and then Portland on NBA TV. You know, so right there, I mean, you you instantly see the impact of the Phoenix Suns season last season when which they went to the West or they won the Western Conference uh, championship and went to the NBA finals. Their first three games are all nationally televised. If you count NBA TV as a nationally televised game. So, you know, as you look at the in total count, again, if you count NBA TV as nationally televised games, this team 34 times will appear on a national level, 11 times on ESPN, 11 times on NBA TV, nine times on TNT and three times on ABC. Matthew, isn't this a far cry from two years ago when they had one national TV game? <laughs> Can you believe that? Jesus Man, Christ. The jump they made, not even just you know going to the, the championship the, the next year after the bubble run. It's just it's crazy to even think because I'm honestly thinking that when you look at like the 830 o'clock games, it kind of sucks for us. But yes. for everyone else, <laughs> they need to see this team because the best part about them is they're still growing. So, you know, DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker still aren't automated superstars are, are all-stars right they're just you know they have to still grind their way to that path unlike a lot of players who just naturally will get there so to watch that for the national audience to see it every other night it's gonna be great because that's good basketball you see the development of this team that a lot of people a lot of players and even fans love to see these teams that are grown from the draft and you have a leader like chris paul it's just that's that's the right way to do it right now in the NBA, and I think a lot of people appreciate that. This reminds me so much of the Cardinal season after they went to the 2016 NFC Championship, where they lost oh, to no. the to the Carolina Panthers. And the next year, I think they had like seven, six or seven national games, like Monday mm-hmm. Night Football, Sunday Night Football. Obviously, every team gets a Thursday Night Football game, but they were featured heavily the following season on national TV. And man, did they suck <laughs> not good the next year. <laughs> so what are you what are you saying man I just, i'm already I worried get, about it i'm already worried I, about i get worried about these year. kind of things you know again uh, yeah. the, the the beautiful thing it's not beautiful it's just a victim of a circumstance thing but the thing about being a suns fan for the past decade is you are operating with no expectations and going into last season and we talked about it continually on the podcast how weird it was to actually meet slash exceed our expectations we didn't know how to deal with it as Suns fans. And now the expectations are increased, obviously. And it's the national media is going to be right along there with microphones in the Suns players' faces along the way as we navigate this upcoming season. That's just, you know, it is what it is. It's fine. I'm glad that that's occurring. I'd rather feel this than have no expectations again and suck. Uh, but again, it obviously makes you scared. It does. But we just have to... because. The way they performed last year, and you know, of course, not down winning at all, but they they did succeed. And they they did a lot that we didn't think they could do. So you have that feeling, like I already do, of just being scared. You know, the injury bug, what what might happen to Chris Paul, you know, things like that come into your head. But you know, when you have the development of these young players that still want to just play every night, it's just 
I just get so scared that they're going to get hurt. <laughs> like just the whole season's thrown away. But but you know what? That happens to every team every year. And, and what's beautiful about the Suns is their depth. And that's the key. Yeah. What sucks about the past is when you had like Devin Booker nursing something or TJ Warren had a hurt ankle fucking forever. Like we had no depth behind those guys. So you couldn't pull anything out and every team will be nicked up. Members of the Suns will be nicked up this season. Like that's just, uh, you have to accept that in basketball more than any other sport because of the value of one player. You know, it's not like a, a tight end is going out or your third baseman's out. You know, this is somebody who accounts for 20% of your roster on both sides of the ball. So yeah. It will happen, you know, and I'm with you and I get it. But at the same time, like I'm more just scared of the expectation and not delivering on that expectation rather than not delivering on the expectation uh, because of an injury or things of that nature. That That's what always worries me. And that's just uh, that's just being a fan of any team going into any season anywhere. So this isn't unique yeah. to the Phoenix Suns. Looking at that first big homestand, the largest one of the year, October 27th, they play the Kings, then they got the Cavs, then they got New Orleans, then they got the Rockets, and they got Atlanta. I'll tell you this. The Suns, in theory, should have a very solid start to the season. If you look at their first few games, including that five-game homestand, they have some relatively easy competition. They start against the Nuggets. They play the Lakers and, and Portland, and they go on that five-game stretch that I just mentioned. And then they're on the road real quick against the Kings, and they're back against Portland, and then they play Memphis and Houston again. So, you know, as you look at kind of their first, you know, 10, 11 games, they could potentially run off like an 8-3 and three and have just a very fast start to the season, Matthew. Oh, and you could predict this in the NBA too. In the NFL, if you're talking about, oh man, it's going to be an easy season next year, the teams flip flop so much so between much. last season and this season coming up. Like the worst teams can be the best teams next year in the NFL. NBA, it just takes time. And when you're watching it, you're pretty much watching it on paper as it goes, right? With these teams mm-hmm. put together, like, yeah, it's not going to work unless something just happens where they have a good defensive scheme or something weird. But yeah, if you look at the homestand, that is cinchy. Right now, we're saying it's easy. And by the time we actually open up the season, we play Denver, we'll look ahead and be like, all right, this should be the same thing, except for Atlanta, of course, being a threat. But maybe even the Kings might be a little bit harder than we would think. But right now, in the beginning of the year, we're going to say these are easier games for the Suns. And well, and outside, you know, again, you you mentioned how it's like you don't flip-flop very easily in the NBA unless yeah. you're the Phoenix Suns last year. Like we're the but we are so the, we are so the yeah. outlier of that occurring versus well, we did get you know, Chris Paul, so I mean, yes. you know what I mean, so the exception uh, of the rule for sure. Yeah, with you know, exception of the rule for sure. But again, yeah, I think it, it you know, potentially and I'm not going to go through every uh, freaking game of this season, but I am just going to say like I do expect a strong start from the Phoenix Suns in this upcoming season. You know, as the games progress, uh they've got, you know, some decent road trips, things of that nature to start, you know, some good, you know, when you go Memphis to Houston to Minnesota as your first three game road trip of the season, that's a good opportunity to just kind of get your feeding, your, your footing, your feeding, (laughs) your, your footing on the road and get into the rhythm of the games. And I think that it's going to be very, very important for the Phoenix suns to have a good start to the season because the back end of the season is going to be really a challenge. If you look at their last, I think it's what what, what did I write down? It's like their 13 last 19, of the last yeah, 13 of the last 19. 13 of their last the 19 are on the road. Yeah. And you also take into account from a back-to-back standpoint, as I mentioned, we have 14 back-to-backs. Only one is occurring at home. And that is going to be in February. Let's see if I can find it real quick. It's the it's the Clippers and the Rockets on the 15th and 16th. That's the only back-to-back that occurs on the road. 
all other back to backs will occur either on the or I'm sorry at home. Uh, nine are going to be on the road and four are home road splits. Uh, that's kind of fucked. And this is why when you say 82 game season, you look into it, you're like, oh, this is nasty. It gets, the more you zoom in, the more nasty it gets, John. <laughs> well, from a graphic design standpoint, it looks great. But Oh, it looks good, but it's just like, ah, the back-to-backs, you got this long road trip. I can't even see if they play any more home games because you're so zoomed in. You know what I mean? There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, and, and the, the longest road trip of the season starts on January 11th in Toronto. Then they go to Detroit, which is like, throwing a, a football from Scottsdale to Goodyear. It's not that far. Then they go Indiana, San Antonio, and then Dallas. That's their longest road trip, a five-gamer, uh, right over your birthday. So they'll be out of town for your birthday. There's no going to a Suns game this year. I'm, I do apologize uh, for 31-year-old Matthew. 31? <laughs> 33-year-old? How old are you? I'm 32. Holy shit, I thought you were 30. No, it's almost, it's almost over, dude. Just threw out my back today. So I, was, so I was doing I some squats today. Sure. <laughs> I wasn't even doing that much either. What were then, you doing? I was just doing like lat pull downs or whatever. And then I think I went, I was using my neck or something weird. Oh. And I just, I don't know. I was like, because when you're younger, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to pull anything. I never did ever. And then now, like the last, what, year, I'm just He's like kidding. pulling everything. <laughs> Everything's gone. <laughs> oh, poor Matthew. That's what yeah, happens, right. man. It just it hurts longer. Yeah. It hurts longer. Yeah, February 10th is when we play the Bucks for the first time at home on TNT, 8 p.m. game. So we'll be going live at like 10 o'clock at night from the Sun, Sun Jam Session podcast. Uh, anything else that you you know you notice just kind of in looking at the schedule that you're just like, damn, outside of the back-to-backs. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, let, let's have that back-to-back conversation right now. Mm-hmm. It is frustrating that we only get one at home. There's We have 14. 14 back-to-backs, okay? You get one at home. That yeah. is 7% of all your back-to-backs are, are home or you know at home. I do think that is kind of a uh, screw job, if you will. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you. And it's something that still blows my mind, even when they probably had to scramble for this season to get the schedule going. I just, how does 14 even happen still? You know, I thought we were in... in coming into the new seasons i thought we were thinking maybe what eight max seven something like that for these teams but 14 is still a lot and it's funny when you go through the season they're playing these games you you barely notice like you'll be on your 12th by the time you know it but still it it takes its toll on these guys and we just we know it does they talk about every year and still no action has been made but i really think next season even though we say that too next season we'll you know dwindle it down to maybe five or six of them but they just they 14 is way too much for me, man. I hate it. (laughs) Yeah, but it it makes sense, I guess, mathematically. If you look at it, there's 172 days between the 20th of October, which is opening day tip-off, and April 10th, which is our last game against the Kings. And if you look at it, if you take 172 and divide that by 82 total games, it's about three is what it comes out to. So, I mean, if they spaced out the schedule to where everybody just played like once every third night, it would be perfect. But we live in an imperfect world, and therefore, they're going to throw these back to backs at us. They're going to throw, you know, some weird things uh, when it comes to, you know, like we have a back to back. Where is it? Well, I, I think uh, the toughest stretch of the season is actually going to be in November. Let's see, where is it? The November. All right, here you go. November twenty second to the twenty seventh, right here. This is four games and five nights. You got San Antonio on the road. Then you go up to Cleveland two nights later. Then you go to New York on the 26th. 
and the next night you're playing Brooklyn. And I get it. You know, you have Madison Square Garden and the Barclays Center is probably like seven miles from each other. But still, you're playing tough competition, two playoff teams back to back right around Thanksgiving time, too. I mean, that's just going to be. And if you take into account that the 21st, the, the night before the Suns start that road trip against San Antonio, the night before they're playing Denver at home on the 21st. So that little, you know, eight day stretch is going to be very, you know, it's, it's five or I'm sorry, six games or five games and eight nights, I think is what it comes mm-hmm. out to. You know, I get what you're saying. How has this happened in this modern NBA? It's, it's the same thing it's always been. Ever since they went to the 82-game season, which, God, I don't know the answer to when that is. I'm sure a jamster in the chat could tell us. There's always been a ton of back-to-backs and a ton of games just like this. I just think that because LeBron James is in the league, you know it more now because he's uh, <laughs> he's, he's, the, he's the biggest crybaby. You don't like the guy, huh? Um, yeah, but then also you have to look at these teams and like the the Brooklyn Nets, you know, that might be load management. They're, you might be looking at that. But then when you look at the Spurs and the Knicks, those are two teams that are still younger, uh, trying to figure things out, especially the Knicks. Tom Thibodeau is not going to give them a night off. There's not going to be any load management there. He's going to play them to the ground. And, you know, if you're, if you're going off from the Brooklyn Nets to the Warriors, if they're healthy by then, that's scary to play that and then you play the Warriors again five days later. So yes. if you're playing those three games, you'll be like, oh, maybe load management will help us. But now the Suns, since they were in the championship, the Western Conference Finals, they won that. So these teams are definitely going to be looking at them. They're, they might not even sit their players because that might, might that might have been something in the past, right? Before yes. the bubble experience, all of that. These teams Big would time. sit their sit their players against the Suns. Now there's no way these teams, unless unless like the Warriors do beat them both times, and we play them the third time, and the Warriors just come out, you know, and sit a couple guys because they know they can handle the Suns. That's something different, but they're not going to be looking to do that. I don't think at all. No, you're. Spot on. I mean, playing against the Phoenix Suns for the past decade was your load management nights. You know, you'd be yes. shocked to see both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George out there if you were playing against the Clippers because there was no reason to. This is the night they could take a night off, and that's not going to happen this season. And I think that as we navigate this entire schedule, yeah, there's going to be a lot of games where teams are going to be bringing it. You know, that's what we were talking about a little bit earlier. Uh, what What are your thoughts on Christmas? Okay, we've got the Warriors <laughs> on Christmas. Yeah. I'm actually I'm excited. My favorite thing Christmas Day is I know the games are on, and I usually plan this out. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but I I like to get the snuggie on early. You know the treats are out there. If I go to my mom's, go to my sister's, always bring the snuggie. You never know where there's going to be a TV and a game's going to be on. So then you're ready to go. So now the Suns are part of that experience. Yes, and there's nothing better than that because I do love uh, Christmas Day basketball. I do love it a lot. Even if I sometimes I only one year I might just watch it maybe two hours. I know what's on. I know I can go to it wherever I'm at that day. Yeah, I'm with you 110%. I love, I don't sit there and watch it all day long. Obviously, I'm experiencing Christmas with the family, but at the same yes. time, like if yeah. there's a matchup I want to see, I'll, I will definitely be watching it. And now, knowing that the Suns are playing Golden State on ABC at 3 p.m., that's like perfect time. It, it's not the first early game because typically it's like we're meeting up somewhere, we're going to your mom's house. And, you know, the kids are playing and whatnot, or it's not too late in the evening. It's like it's right after kind of everybody said, like, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. We listened to Mariah Carey a couple times. And once that's done, everybody's like kind of standing around looking at each other like, what's next? <laughs> we'll be ready to, you know, watch this this game. And, you know, by that by the time it's over, 
uh, you know, it'll be time to go live on the pod about five o'clock. It's like the perfect time to do it. I just, I'm really excited for that Christmas game. I love how you just tell me right now we're going live on Christmas day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Merry Christmas, Jamsters. We're going live yeah. on Christmas day. Yeah. Well, I guess if uh, Tom and EJ can do it, we can yeah, do it, right? We can do it too. Post game stuff. So All someday right. you and I will be the new Tom and EJ. Okay. Right. We're gonna we'll be we'll the think ones. about these moments. We'll be like, remember Christmas? Remember Christmas 2021? <laughs> we do an hour pod, like <laughs> drunk off the of eggnog. Yeah. <laughs> having some of the having some of the nog. It was a good time. It was a good time. Uh I will reference one more time uh the back end of the schedule where you start in March yeah. on the road against the Bucks. That's our second game against the Bucks. An ABC game, 1 30 p.m. Then you go to Orlando right after that, you know, two days later. And then that's the first of a back-to-back against the Heat. And then you have Toronto and the Lakers at home. You're on the road for New Orleans and the Rockets, which I'm not overly worried about at this point in life, considering it's August 22nd. So, you know, telling you that March 15th and 16th, that back-to-back scares me against the Rockets. Currently, it doesn't. Who knows what will happen? You go you one game at home against the Bulls, and then you have a three-game road trip against Sacramento. The uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, that starts the first of a back-to-back against the Nuggets. You're at home one game against the Sixers. Then it's another three-game road trip. Then you're at home one game for the Lakers. It's a two-game road trip, and you end at home with the Sacramento Kings. That's just the frustrating part. You know, again, I referenced the beginning of the schedule and how important it is for the Suns to get out to a good start. It's because that back end of the schedule is pretty mucky. You know, you look at April overall. Yeah, you're not playing. You know, you're playing the Kings. You're playing OKC. You're playing the Grizz. But you also got the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, and then the Jazz right in there. Uh, and right before that, you have Golden State the 30th of March. So yeah. that's going to be a tough segment of the schedule to navigate, similar to how it was this past season for the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns had, I think, 12 of the last 16 were on the road. Why do we end up on the road at the end of every season, Matthew? Oh, <laughs> I tell don't me know. why. But honestly, we're one of those teams now, right? That there's another pod out there. They're doing the schedule or at least like, oh, we got to play the Suns this day and that day, last game of the season. You know, these, these teams are going to be like, oh, that's going to be tough. So we are that team now, too. And I think didn't last year, didn't we play a lot of the games on the road to finish? It was like the same kind of thing, right? Yeah, 16 out Start of 12, this... 12 out of last 16. Oh, OK, my bad. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> yeah, so just said that literally. Just I said know that. my bad, man. <laughs> You're just still thinking about Christmas, aren't you? You're like, God, this son of a bitch <laughs> thinking is about talking. I'm excited for eggnog. Right? I don't like eggnog. Oh, okay. I feel like we do this every year, but uh, you don't like eggnog, right? <laughs> I feel like you always tell us that you don't, but I just I don't like milk. Okay, I what don't... do you drink? Don't you have the Christmas vacation cup though with the antlers? What yeah. do you think in that? That's like, for eggnog. Yeah, but I don't drink eggnog out of it. I drink like water. Oh. oh, okay. I thought you always had eggnog in it. Maybe it's I'll put little... some whiskey in there. I don't know. I just okay. I don't put milk in my cereal. I don't like a, I don't like milk. I, milk just gross to me. Consistency. It's like yeah. consistency or something. It's, it, yeah. it, it's a flavor. It's a consistency. Mm. The fact that it spoils as easily as it does doesn't mean that means it does not need to be in my body. And that being said, like I love cheese. So like I'm just the weirdest, stupidest person. I <laughs> you make, just no make up sense. your own rules as you I go. Do. Yeah. I hate mayonnaise with a passion, but like I love avocado aioli. Like that makes no sense. It's 50% if not more mayonnaise. Like, oh, wow. I'm just yeah, a weird dude. It's not weird, man. You probably just had a bad experience with it all. That's why, you know, when you, you know, um, is it, uh, gosh, what's our favorite? Chiba Hut, our favorite yes. sandwich. Oh, I love we Chiba love, Hut. But I had like Chiba Hut maybe three weeks ago and it was not, it was really slimy and gross and it grossed uh, me out for a couple weeks and I finally got it today, but I was like, it took me a while to come widow. back to it. 
yeah, it was just not good. So then oh. it ruined it for me for a while. So I'm back yeah, at it though. R- Rick in the chat says milk with cereal is one of the, is one of the greatest combos ever made. I know true. everybody Nothing loves better. it. I just don't. I don't like wet cereal. Yes. I don't like curdled like milk can curdle it's gross and it all comes back to like a traumatic event where i think like when i was a kid my mom <laughs> took a bowl of cereal dumped it on my sister's head because she was yeah. being annoying and like I'll, I'll forever have that imprint of just like milk and cereal running down my sister's face as she's crying like my oh mom my really, god my mom really jacked me up with that move that day whoa all right yeah. man we some gotta... deep psychological stuff happened yeah. on the jam session here come for the schedule, schedule release hear about john's fear of milk <laughs> We gotta get you scheduled for an appointment with the therapist, man. That's the no, reason good. I brought com- it out of you, I guess. Yeah, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable not liking milk. <laughs> That's why you don't yeah. like milk. I'm 100 okay with it. <laughs> okay. So let's finishing up. There is there anything else on the schedule that you want to talk about? I know it's way too early, but mm-hmm. how many wins do you think the Suns will end with? Give me I a think number. Fi- I think 50 at least. At least okay. this year. And I know a top seed is something they're looking for, but I just think it's going to be tough this year. And I think, you know, the way they escaped injuries last year, I'm not trying to jinx them or anything. It, it might happen this year. You know, they might have to sit out a few guys. They might go through a bad stretch where they lose eight out of 10 or something weird, you know, because something yeah. might happen. You never know. And we're looking towards a big, long season that might come with some injuries. And I'm just saying, if that happens, 50 wins is my mark right now that I want them to get at. Uh, 56 right now, max that I'm thinking. Okay. Okay. 56. I like that. That's a good number. I definitely think it's achievable. Um, before yeah. I get into my prediction for the season, I just want to remind everybody who's listening, you can enter the code suns jam at checkout on shopjustsports.com for 15% off of your purchase. And if you go to manscape.com and use the code suns jam, you're going to get free shipping on the lawnmower 4.0. You got to get that thing. They send it to us. Uh, I use it all the time on my beard. It's a great thing. I, for- <laughs> I, I use it to shave my face. Too. Yeah, I use it to shave my face. <laughs> it's meant for my nuts. I use it on my face. It's I'm it's that same comfortable thing, using though, right? it. So. It's the same thing. I was looking at it and I was like, this is it just has a light on it. Yeah, it has like, a light and it like vibrates thing. a little so bit. So when you it's go fantastic. in the cave inside yeah. the tuna can, when you go in the tuna can, you can yes. see inside there, but yes, you can you can use it on your face too. <laughs> so again, use code SUNSJAM when you go to Manscape as well. Uh, Daniel Thompson in the chat. Thank you for joining us. He says 54 wins. Uh, okay. Rick says 55 plus. Uh, Fabio says it's going to be a hard season, so he's just going to guess 74. <laughs> 74 <laughs> okay. and 8. Um, 60 plus wins for the Boogie Trend, one of our loyal jamsters. You got, uh, you know, and, and so Rick, you know, he went from 55 plus. He's saying 58. And you got to remember, you know, for the Phoenix Suns, their best seasons ever, twice they've gone 62 and 20. That was the 92-93 team and the 2004-2005 team. Uh, Roy's got them winning 65 wins. So, you know, it's great to see see the optimism. I actually put a poll out on brightsideofthesun.com asking this very question. And, you know, you take a look. We had a total of, uh, so far, 225 different people have responded on that one or on that that particular poll and just kind of taking a look at where everybody landed we have uh 60 plus wins 20 percent of the voters have voted for that you have between 55 and 59 wins which is right where you're at matthew because you said what 56 correct 
50 to 54 is more where I'm at, I think. Okay, okay. So 44, right now, the, yeah. the vast majority said between 55 and 59 wins. 50 to 54 wins is 29% of the voters on Bright Side of the Sun. 45 to 49 wins, 4%. And 1%, only three votes, said 40 to 44. So, And then nothing below that. So the reason I bring this up is because of the 225 people who voted on brightsideofthesun.com thus far in this poll, everybody believes that the Suns are at least going to have a 500 season, which I think is just, you know, <laughs> it's the Suns, man. Like, this is fantastic. This is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, this this is where we need to be. So, you know, again, 56 from Mega Giants is a good number, but he believes the Suns can get a number one seed. And who knows? 56 might be good enough for a one seed. Uh, we have 52 from David Bailey, who's joining us. 69 would be nice from Fabio because giggity giggity. All right. 67 wins from James Kelly. Uh, but, you know, serious guess from Fabio says 57. Uh, I'm going to agree with what David says right here. Says the league is tough. Winning in the NBA is tough. Let's not forget this, Suns fans. And I do believe that we have a team that is deep. I do believe we have a team that's going to develop even more chemistry off of what they did last year. You know, again, remember the first 16 games, we were eight and eight because we were just developing that chemistry. Boom. That chemistry is already there. So we're going to have that nice hot start, Uh, you know, barring injuries and things of that nature, knowing that we have a deep team that has chemistry. uh, I really think that we're going to end right in that 55 to 59 range. I think like 58 is a good number. Now, granted, so many X factors. It's August 22nd. There's no way I could sit here on August 22nd and comfortably tell you the Suns will win 58 games. But my early predictions, just so we have it on tape, Matthew, it's on the YouTube tape now. I say 58 wins for the Phoenix Suns. Okay. No, I like that number. And he's totally right. It's going to get a lot tougher. And just to come away with 50 wins at least is going to be success for me in my eyes for this team going into Without next year. Because there's a lot of expectations. And yes, ride that chemistry wave all the way to the playoffs next year because they'll have that for sure. Um, you know, while all these teams figure out who they want to rest all season long, a lot of the tougher teams and then the teams that want to beat us that are below us, you know, when they come into each game, they're going to make sure that they, they're up. They're, they're ready to go. So it is going to be super tough, man. I just... A lot of anxiety. I mean, the playoffs were anxiety high, but when we come on these pods after games and the Suns might have lost one to a cheesy team that we should have beat. I mean, it happened maybe only a few times last year. This year, it might happen. Who knows? And it might not just be the effort of the Suns. It might be the effort of the other team because before it would be like the effort of the Suns just like not coming through like they normally would. This time, it's going to be, you know, can they get up against these teams, which they will for sure. It's just whether or not, you know, the effort's there, and it has to be every single night right now, unless I would just want to throw a game. <laughs> unless, <it's, laughs> unless they got some money on the line or something, they want to just throw it. Unless Scott Foster's refereeing, then we stand no yes, chance. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. Um, I don't know what else to talk about relative to the Sun's schedule. I Ooh. guess Roy brings up a good question. Yeah. Does pineapple belong on pizza, Matt? Yes. Yeah, wow. I'm all that about was it now. very aggressive and sure. Like you, you're a Hawaiian pizza yeah. guy. I take it. I am now, man. I feel like I talked about it two times in the past week with other people. Really? I'm just yeah. As soon as I got to like my 29th year of age, I was like, pineapple tastes really good with anything. Honestly, on a pizza, I love it. I go to Mod Pizza. I put it on my pizza now for the last three years, and it's something that I feel like I have to have now. And pineapple by itself is so good, but on a pizza, I love pineapple. I feel like it's better on a pizza. 
I don't know why, because it, it just mixed with everything. You know, the savory tastes and all that. I feel like it just meshes so well with all the ingredients that I get on my pizzas. I don't know why this is a debate. And Roy says in the chat, he's like, no, it does not. He's like, it does not, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know why this is a debate. Anything goes on pizza. That's the beauty of pizza. You can put literally yeah. anything on there. They put fucking anchovies on there. Anchovies are disgusting. They're like fish. Have with you had anchovy pizza, though? Have I've, you had it? No, I've never had it. I've that's never gross had to me. it. But, it, but it's still, yeah, yeah. it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means you don't like it. It's like milk with cereal. I'm not saying you can't put milk with cereal. I'm just saying I personally don't like it. I am clearly mm-hmm. in the minority in this one. It's the same thing. Like, <laughs> like is a hot dog a sandwich? That's another thing I saw. Somebody was talking about that on Twitter the other day. It's like a hot dog a sandwich. I always see that one. Do you think a hot dog is a sandwich? This is tough because Dan Levitard's show had a big debate about it. Uh, I went on for weeks, and I think it was <laughs> no, but I never thought of it as a sandwich. I know it's in between two pieces of bread, but it's still connected. So anything like a pita that's connected is usually something else. Like you don't say a pita is a sandwich, right? A pita is a pita, and a hot dog is a hot dog, and then a hot dog bun, and then bread is bread. Right, so I don't think it's a sandwich. See, I think by definition it is because it's two pieces of breath, breath of breath, breast, <laughs> two, two pieces of breast, two pieces of bread with something in the middle. A pita, by my definition, is a sandwich as well. Like if I'm building okay. out a menu, and I'm going to include uh, those on sandwiches, I've included a quesadilla on a sandwich too. It's two pieces of tortilla with something in the middle. Oh. It can be defined as a sandwich. Just I don't saying. know. It's still connected too, because a lot of people that do the uh, the the quesadillas, they yeah. keep it connected and just fold yeah. it. So yeah, no, I don't think so. So we're totally opposite on this. I think a sandwich is not a hot dog. Well, yes, I disagree, and that's just you know, again, I'm the I'm the guy who doesn't like milk, <laughs> so whatever. <laughs> uh, Alejandro says in the chat, rest CP3 and back to backs, and other players also playoffs mm-hmm. uh, may be like another small season, and their injuries appear. You know, that's always going to be the question with the Phoenix Suns in this schedule is when and where we can seize opportunities to try to give CP3 time off. But we all I think we all know CP3 don't want time off. He wants to play. I mean, that was the whole thing going into Oklahoma City when he joined that squad. And they're like, listen, you know, these are the days you're going to be scheduled off. He's like, bullshit. I'm playing. You know, uh, the boogie trend responds. He says CP3 doesn't need to take any times off. Uh, he's good. He's not an old man. He's played in all but three games in the past two regular seasons. He'll be fine. Here, here, it's crazy. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You can say what you're going to say, and I'll say no, what I'll say No, I was going to say that's that. crazy that he's done that because, of yeah. course, when he goes in the playoffs, he gets hurt. But he, I love it. I love it because there's no proof, of course, we talked about with um, them. You know, if there's any rest, if it compares to them getting injured or not, there's no comparison. There's no scientific evidence about that, dude. So what were we going to say? I wasn't going to say anything, honestly. No, I was just going to say, like, Chris Paul, the way that he plays basketball, like he doesn't need to take time off. He's not a guy like John Morant, who's yes, like yeah. flying towards the, Russell Westbrook, flying to the basket, doing crazy things physically. Like he is a pace player who plays within the confines of his own physical abilities. And he's damn good at it too. He's got it down to an art. And we've seen that, you know, as the boogie trend mentions over the last uh, two seasons, I agree with what Los Suns says in the chat. He says, it's just give him less minutes. Yeah, when the opportunities arise and given the depth of this team, yeah, you can play him less minutes. Like, he doesn't need to be out there for a prolonged period of time. You know, if Chris Paul can operate this offense the way that he does effectively and do it, you know, in essentially, oh, I don't know, 27 minutes a game, you know, I really think that that's going to be something that will be 
productive for this team and he could still display that late that leadership you know last season he was at 31.4 minutes per game the season prior he was at 31.5 i wrote a whole article last season about how effective he is you know how effective monty was at resting him in certain situations and how the uh how effective the suns were in those opportunities and they were still pretty effective so i don't think yeah. it's gonna be a ton of rest him in back-to-backs i'm not a big fan of resting to back-to-backs i know you're not a big fan of load management either i don't think that it, it helps continuity i think it hurts more than it helps uh especially when you're a team like the suns where a people are gunning for you and b you're gunning for that number one spot you know if you're a team that's going to be kind of stuck there in the middle and you don't have an opportunity outside of the top four seeds to have some semblance of home court advantage in the playoffs you're going to be resting those guys a little bit, but the Suns, just like last season, they didn't rest anybody because they didn't need to, or, or I'm sorry, they it's not that they didn't need to. They were going for that number one seed. They didn't want to. Yeah. And they had to prove something too. That was a big thing. And they still have to prove something. <laughs> they have to yes. actually prove something every night against these teams. So you can't just blow your way through this and rest. Like if you're Kawhi Leonard or Anthony Davis rest a couple games here or there, because the Lakers knew, the Clippers knew, if we're in the playoffs and we're healthy and it didn't work out for them, we're going to win. We're going to win it all, okay? Either one of them. And they could have probably if they were healthy. But the Suns don't have that luxury right now to where they can rest these guys and just know by the playoffs, hey, we'll get it together. They don't. They don't have that yet. Maybe by midseason they will prove that if they just take off to a different level. But right now they got to play every game and th- play this whole season as if they have something to prove again. So that's... That's going to be a lot of freaking work. I don't yep. know how these guys do it, dude. As soon as I see hard, I turn around. These guys go <laughs> through hard, all right? They go over. <laughs> Every time you see hard, you pull a lat and you just go home. And you're like, ouch. Ah, it hurts. It hurts. It boings. So, well, you know, again, I think that it's going to be an interesting season. We now have the schedule. There'll be more opportunities to kind of dissect it as we move forward. Uh, but it was fun, Matthew. Spend a little time with you on a Sunday night talking about milk, pineapple, on pizza, uh, my garbage can being full, you know, and just know that Roy in the chat, he says he would rather put Dario's big booty instead of pineapple on his pizza. Oh, who wouldn't? <laughs> who wouldn't want to slice some bacon off of that, huh, huh John? <laughs> slice of ham off of that. Oh, yeah. Right like, now, Aaron Judge. Yeah. <laughs> Inside joke, guys. Uh, on that note, Jamsters, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew at Matthew Lissy. If you're listening to the pod, please hit the subscribe button. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please just scroll down, leave a five-star review. Uh, I don't care what you say in the review. We'll read it right here on the pod. In fact, yeah. we've got a new one from DTG Forever who gave us a five-star review, and he said the best. Love the post-game shows and all of the unique segments, but most of all, the positive vibes and the spirit of the discourse always leaves me hyped. So DTG Forever, we truly appreciate you giving us one of those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you want to do the same, Jamsters, we truly appreciate it. If you happen to be watching along live with us, uh, one, thank you. You're clearly a Suns fan because it's the offseason and you're hanging out with two guys just talking about the Suns uh, for no reason on a Sunday night. And you're, you're you the real MVP. But make sure you hit the thumbs up button while you're here. Make sure you subscribe as well. Matthew, anything parting words before we part and get departed? Yeah, thanks for joining. And everyone go home and uh, clean out your family's tuna can. Have a good night. Use the lawnmower 4.0. Manscaped, Sunshine.